0: He is a promise keeper in your life. Don't begin to, listen, always declare, you know what, he kept that promise. He kept that promise to me. You know, he told me he's gonna get me out of debt. He kept that promise to me. He told me he's gonna heal my body. He kept that promise to me. He told me he was gonna deliver me. He kept that promise to me. Lord, he told me this too shall pass. He kept that promise to me. He kept me when I wanted to give up. He kept that promise to
1: me. Every day, he keeps that promise. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God.
0: We serve or we yield our to a God who loves us. We serve and we labor for a God who loves us unconditionally. He desires the best for us. That's why we labor for Him. That's why we yield our will to His will and say, uh, Not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because He desires the best for us. He has given us promises in His written and revealed Word that gives us access to His best. He has given us promises in Him and His Word that keeps us, and that we have access to the promises of God. And we know based on what God has said in his word, that his word would not return back to him void, but it accomplished everything he sent it out to do, that Jesus, which is Jehovah is salvation, is a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Why have the promises if God didn't keep the promises? So we need to understand that we can say God is a promise keeper. He is going to keep his word. His word will not return back to him void, but it will accomplish everything he sent it out to do. So when we say that God is a promise keeper, we can also say this. When we see the promises of God manifesting in our lives, his promises blesses us, but they bring glory to him. Let me say that to you again. The promises of God manifest in our lives, it blesses us but it brings glory to him. You know what? I want God to have all the glory he wants. Amen? So that means I want all his promises to come to pass in my life. For if it comes to pass, I'm going to have to give him glory. Because I realize it's not my might nor my power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, and the reason that the promises come to pass in my life. Why? Because he's a promise keeper. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him a man to the glory of God through us. For every promise of God, every blessing of God, every divine assurance that comes through his word in him is yes. And in him a man to his glory, his Majesty, His Excellency of God through us. Notice the verse says all the promises and all the blessings of God in him are yes and amen. Every promise that's revealed through his word, I can believe that God's going to cause it to come to pass in my life. If he revealed it to me, he's got the power to come to pass. Many times God will reveal a word to you and then he'll say, now, walk by faith and not by sight and watch it come to pass in your life. Well, you you remember when Abraham was told to go to a place and he said, a place I will show you. No, Abraham went by faith, but he saw the promises of God the more that he went. And the more that we follow our omniscient God, follow the Holy Spirit, follow the God of God, we're going to see the promises of God come to pass in our life. Therefore, he promises every promise he makes us in him is yes and amen. Notice the latter part of that verse, to the glory of God through us. When we see and recognize God's word coming to pass in our lives, we must understand that when we receive the blessings, he gets the glory. And that's what I, we want God to get the glory. We dare not touch the glory of God. Why? Because Jesus is exalted in his glory. He's he's excellent. He's magnificent. He's powerful. He he has all the ability to get the job done. And so when he causes a promise to come to pass in my life, he gets the glory. That means when he heals my body, he gets the glory. That means when he delivers me from this, that, and the other, he gets the glory. When he prospers me and makes my life better, he gets the glory. Because nobody, I'm like, like what Abraham said, nobody made me rich but God. That means that he gets the glory for making me rich. What do I mean by making me rich? Making me better than what I was before. And that's what I love about God. I, when he may, if I'm getting better, I look better, think better, talk better, he gets the glory for it. Because I realized I couldn't do it on my own. I can't will myself, amen, to do right. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he is exalted. He's excellent. He's being glorified in my life. Why he he provides the promises and he causes the promises to come to pass in our life. So, therefore, he is a promise keeper. Mm -mm. Say, my Lord. Is a promise keeper. Oh, now this is personal, see. Now, if he never kept any promises for you, you don't have to say that. You can say, Well, you know what? I, I did it all on my own. I got out of debt on my own. I paid that car off on my own. I got healed on my own. But if he is a promise keeper in your life, don't begin to listen. Always declare, you know what? He kept that promise to me. He kept that promise to me. You know, he told me he's going to get me out of debt. He kept that promise to me. He told me he's going to heal my body. He kept that promise to me. He told me he was going to deliver me. He kept that promise to me. Lord, he told me I, this too shall pass. He kept that promise to me. He kept me when I wanted to give up. He kept that promise to me. Every day he keeps that promise. <laughs> Woo. So, God's promises, my promises, my promises. Promise number one. The Lord promised daily benefits to us. Let's go to Psalm 68 and verse 19. Psalm 68 and verse 19. Psalm 68 and verse 19 reads as follows. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. So we see blessed be the Lord who daily, knows every day, every day he loads us. He imposes a burden, not a negative burden, but a good burden on us with benefits, blessings, that which is better, the God of our salvation, the God of our deliverance, the God of our uh, protection, the God of our prosperity, the God of our salvation, Salah. Now, when I think of the burden in one sense, I think of a low, a weight, something that is heavy. But this particular burden we're talking about is something that is beneficial to you. It's beneficial, which is, in other words, it's not a bad thing. You know what? I want to be burned with $50 million, okay? Show me how to burn myself with 50 million. Show me how to burn myself with 100 million. Show me how to burn myself, amen, driving my heart's desire. Show me how to burn myself with these type things because why? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds what? No sorrow to it. Adds no sorrow to it. So these are the type of things that God is talking to us about. And Psalms 103 and verse 2 is a reminder for us to remember his Benefits. Let's go to Psalms 103 and verse 2. Psalms 103 and verse 2. <clears throat> bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, don't ignore, don't cease to care about all of his benefits. Benefits. One of the things I thought about is in order for you to forget not, you got to know what they are. Let me say that again. In order to forget not, you got to know what his benefits are. So it, it, it behooves me to get in the word of God to know his benefits. I got to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So in turn, I won't, I won't forget his benefits. One of the things that the enemy tries to do is to get you not to know his benefits. Because if you ever know his benefits, then you know your life going to be better. If you ever know that God is a deliverer, you're like, you know, whatever I'm in right now, God can deliver me out of it. I know I got myself into it, but God can get me out of it. But I got to know his benefits. If I know his benefits, it's up to me not to forget his benefits. I can't ignore it. I can't cease to care about it. I need to know his benefits. Now, let's go to Psalms 116 and verse 12. Psalms 116 and verse 12. Let's turn there. This particular psalm asks a question about how can I give to God for all of his benefits? So he tells me not to forget him. Then in Psalms 116 and verse 12, It says this, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? What shall I render? What shall I bring back or restore to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Now, remember, we read earlier, he loads us daily with benefits. So what shall I give back to God who blesses me every day of my life? Every day of my life. Everybody say every day. Every day he blesses me. Every, every day he blesses me. Every day. Every day. God does not miss one day blessing his people. Not one day. You, you show me a day he missed, then I show you his word. And that means his word did not come to pass in our lives. But if he said he did it, he's doing it right now. That means he's doing it right now. Every day he loads us with benefits. What shall I render back or bring back or restore to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I believe that God is sending us a word in this season about being grateful and thankful. I believe he's doing it. He's, he's sending us a word in this season about being grateful and thankful thankful. He's working on our attitude, our mindset, and our decision-making. He wants us to be conscious of the benefits and blessings that we receive. We want to be people who understand how blessed we are and also that we are blessed to be a blessing. I mean, we are blessed people, y'all. We are blessed individuals and we can't allow an ungrateful unappreciative mindset and attitude creep in on us because of what we might be dealing with have been dealing with or about to deal with you can't be ungrateful because God been too good to all of us in this sanctuary all of us in this sanctuary God has been really good to us Therefore, I must get this word regarding possessing a thankful heart and a mindset in my inner being and allow it to continue to change the way I think, talk, and conduct my life. That's, therefore, I need the Holy Spirit to teach me daily and influence me to be thankful for God's daily benefits. Now, let's go to promise number two, which is a double promise. He promised to show me the path of life, and he also promises the fullness of joy in his presence. He promised to show me the path of life, and in his presence is fullness of joy. Let's go to Psalm 16 and verse 11. Psalms 16 and verse 11. The Bible reads as follows. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Notice this. You will show me. You're going to make known. You're going to expose me and teach me the path or the manner of life. Thank God he does that because I can't pretend like I know what to do in every situation of my life. I need God to show me or expose to me his way of doing things, how to be a better husband, how to be a better parent, how to be a better uh, whatever, a better coworker? a better student, a better business owner, a better c- whatever it is. I need God to show me. And just because you did it good one day don't mean you don't need God to show you the next day. Because you don't know what you're going to deal with like God does. But God knows what you're going to deal with and he knows how to prepare us for what we're about to deal with. He he prepares. And God does a good job in preparing us if we allow him to. He does an excellent job in preparing us. Because why? He knows the way of life. Life that is blessed. Active, fresh flowing with grace, mercy, and favor. Life that is filled with support, provisions, as well as peace. Let's go to John 14 and verse 6 to show you that he is the way of life. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice this. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. And he says this before he gets to that point. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. That means God knows the way you should go. He knows your manner of life. He knows how you should be doing things. He knows. He knows it better than anybody in the sanctuary. You know what? You think you know how to put things together and how to do things? You ought to see how God does it in your life. If you would allow God to put your life together, I promise you your life will be a whole lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I promise you that. Now, I know you got your 10 plans and how you're going to do this, that, and the other. And some of you already got your goals uh, marked out for 2024. But did you acknowledge him in all your ways and he directs your path? Because he knows better how to do things in your life better than I do. He knows you better. He knows what he has planned for your life and my life a whole lot better. Thank God that he does it. Woo! John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He also came to give us life. John chapter 10, verse 10. So let's go to John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they and that they may have it more abundantly. So we see here that Jesus came to give us life. He came to give us life. He came to give us not only life, but more abundant life. Now, we can do things our way, but we must be prepared for the results. I want to show you what happens when we do things our way. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. The book of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. I want to show you what happens when we do things our way. Or at least what the Bible says, do things, when we do things our way. Proverbs 14 and verse 12. For there is a way that seems right to a man, but its in is the way of death. Again, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its in is the way of death. So we see when we do it our way, it's done the right way. But when we do it God's way, it's not the right way. Or it's going, it could end in death. Also, he tells us this in Proverbs 13 and verse 15. So let's go to Proverbs 13 and verse 15. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Good understanding gains favor. Proverbs 13 and 15, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. So the people who are unfaithful have a hard way of doing things God's way. People who are unfaithful have a hard way, have a hard time doing things God's way. So now let's go back to uh, Psalm 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Again, Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And notice the latter part. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, when we're in his presence, when we're in his, his face, in the will of God, we can expect fullness of joy, complete joy. Joy that is not um, incomplete. In other words, It's not wishy-washy joy. We can expect God to give us joy no matter the circumstance or the situation around us. We can expect the fullness of joy, joy that causes us to be happy, joy that gives us strength, joy that gives us hope when seemingly in a hopeless situation. Therefore, we we can grab a hold of scriptures like Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. Nehemiah 8 and 10 reads as follows. Then he said to me, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Notice the latter part of that. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we got God's joy, it gives us Spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. When we have the joy of the Lord. Now, because I serve a promise keeper who gives me so much more than I can put words to, a promise keeper who is all-powerful, all-knowing, faithful and forgiving, merciful and a God of grace, he gives us joy that provides us strength. He teaches us how to live. He said, if you get this joy in mind, you'll have strength to do what you need to do or fulfill my will for your life. Therefore, I have to be mindful of how I come to him, to his church and do my God-given assignment for him. I have to be mindful. I have to be mindful of my attitude. Is it positive or is it negative? Is it in faith or is it in doubt? Do I prepare or do I procrastinate? Am I happy or am I sad? Do I have joy of the Lord which is my strength or am I allowing the enemy to bring oppression and thoughts of depression into my life? Am I complaining about every little thing or am I praising God for the things that he has done in my life because why he daily loads us with benefits so I find a benefit and I'm thankful for it. there may be negative stuff happening around me but I'm thankful for his benefits I'm thankful for what he's doing in my life I'm thankful for his joy I'm thankful for his love I'm thankful for his mercy I'm grateful for what he's doing in my life I'm grateful. Yeah, I know negative stuff happening around me, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. Isn't it good to have this joy? You know, you know his joy don't be moved by surroundings, do it? it, it, it uh, his joy don't be moved by negative folks around you. If you get upset and then you, you can't blame your surroundings because joy comes from here. It comes from your relationship with Jesus So they can be mad, upset, and angry and everything else. But you need the joy of the Lord right here. Joy of the Lord right here. And that counts when you have a biblical, a solid relationship with him. So therefore, it matters. It matters how I come before him. Because I want to come the right way so I can receive all the benefits when I come before him. I don't want to go before God and imp and leave empty-handed because I came the wrong way. I Listen, I don't want to spend my time doing things and then I mess it up because I'm doing it the wrong way. Are y'all following me? Yeah, because I don't want people to say, hey, you know what, uh, do it this way. And God don't even recognize that way. I want God to recognize everything I bring before him. Therefore, the phrase, it matters, can emphasize the importance or significance of a particular thing. It matters how I carry myself as a Christian. It matters matters how I dress, how I talk, my attitude, and my approach. It matters how I treat people and conduct God's business in the church as well as outside the church. It matters how I handle my personal business, my finances, my marriage, raising my children, being a student, a business owner, and so forth. It especially matters how I come before my Jesus, the one who died for me, the one who paid the price back at Calvary, the one who, amen, does everything for, the one who gives us daily benefits. I don't want to mess up going before him because of my attitude, the way I think, the way I'm acting, got a nasty attitude. And God said, all the stuff I've done for you and now you want to act like that? Oh, no, I want God to understand that I love him and I'm coming before him the right way. I want to look at three things to consider when preparing to go before Jesus. First of all, I must strive or try hard to maintain or keep a pure heart. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, The the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. I must strive or try hard to maintain or to keep a pure heart. And I'm going to go before God the right way. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure, the clean, the sincere, and genuine in heart. They shall see or be exposed to God. They're going to look at God. God's going to be revealed to them. His word his revelation, is revelation. It's going to be revealed, for them, re- revealed to them when we come before Him with a pure, or a clean, or a sincere heart. We must try hard to keep our heart pure before God if we expect to see God, if we desire for God to reveal his word to us, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us. In my opinion, it's hard to walk with God with a heart filled with bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, hatred, lust, pride, and so forth. I can go to church, I can operate in church, but it's based on religion and not relationship. That's, therefore, I must strive and try hard to maintain a pure heart. And if I don't have a pure heart, I repent and ask God to help me. Remember, he said he'll show us the way how to do it. So therefore, I can't come and say, I don't know how. If I don't know how, I said, God, teach me how to come before you. Teach me, God. Teach me. Show me in my heart what I need to get right so in turn I can come before you with a pure heart. Secondly, I must see, I must have a desire to live a life of holiness because he is holy. 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 15 and verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 1. 15 and 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy. You also be holy in all your conduct. Notice this. But as he who called you is holy, he's holy. Jesus is holy. You also be holy, consecrated, and pure in all your conduct, in your behavior, in your manner of life. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Jesus desires that I be holy in all my conduct. Why? Because he's holy. He's consecrated. He's pure, inwardly as well as outwardly. So therefore, I must be pure, not flawless. Verse 17 reminds us that the Father is the one who judges us according to our own personal works. We just need to ask for the Holy Spirit to give give us this life while here on the earth. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Again, verse 1 Peter 1 and 17. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear or respect. Therefore, I must come or move closer to God, come before him with thanksgiving, praise, and bless his name. Why? Because I'm doing it according to the word of God. I'm doing it according to his promises. Let's go over to Psalms 100 and verse 4, and then we're going to go back up to verse 1. Psalms 100 and verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So when I enter, I'm going in. I'm going into his gates and I'm coming in with thanksgiving. I'm giving praise to God. I'm thanking him. I'm showing him appreciation. And into his courts with praise, I'm going to be thankful to him and bless his name. See, gates has to do with an entrance also, keeping something in or keeping someone out. It matters how I enter in. So if there's a gate there, a gate is designed to keep somebody out. But if he lets you come in, he says, enter in the right way. Mm -mm. I'll get into that a little bit more in just a moment. It matters how I enter into his gates, though. It matters how I enter into his gaze. I must be thankful always in all things. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And we know the best place and the safest place to be is in the will of God. I'm learning how to be thankful. And let me say this, to you, I'm almost 60 years old, but I'm still learning how to be thankful. I'm learning how to be thankful. Yeah, I've been thankful for a number of years, but I'm still learning because God is still teaching us how to be thankful. I'm also continuing to learn how to express my thanksgiving in a manner that brings glory to God. I desire to praise him better, magnify him, and promote him in every aspect of my life. For all the promises, I get the promises, but he gets all the glory. I get the promise, but he gets the glory, and I want God to be glorified. I want him to be magnified. Glory be to God. And some believe that this now, Psalms 100, was written to express David's sentiment when going into the house of the Lord. And so when we get to look at the heart of David to see his mindset, to think about David's life experiences, his battles, his victories, his near-death experiences, his mix-up, his leadership, his shortcomings, oh, his achievements. But I want you to notice how David entered into the house of the Lord, entered into the presence of our God. And in this psalm, we'll see how David, who is the author of this particular psalm, Psalms 100, expresses his mind toward God in a way that encourages us to praise and to magnify our God. So when we look at a psalm, a psalm is a sacred song or a hymn or a melody, and this particular psalm is one of thanksgiving. And we see that the psalm is a sacred song about thanksgiving. More specifically, this particular psalm is a psalm about how David was thankful to his God, and which is happens to be our God. And let me say this, I can understand David's heart when it comes to being thankful to our God and his desire to want to express his heart toward God. Therefore, we have to be confident and to perfect our praise and promote Jesus for the blessings and the benefits in our life. So let's go with Psalms 100 and verse 1. Psalms 100 and verse 1. A Psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Interesting words, joyful shout, means to cry out. It means to shout a cry or alarm for battle. So when he says make a joyful shout, he's he's saying this, before you go out into battle, shout before you go. That means before I go, I'm thanking God for the victory, even though I have not even stepped one foot out the door. You know what that means? That means I'm walking by faith and not by sight. I'm believing that God giving me the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But you know what the second part of that, that verse means? That means I make a noise and triumph. So I'm triumphing, I'm triumphing saying, God, you know what? I know I'm leaving this house telling you, thank you, but I'm already giving you the victory praise. Oh, yeah, because I'm overcoming the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we believe that we go out, we got the victory, and we come back in, we got the victory. Wait a minute, where in the world are you going to mess up at? I'm going out with the victory, I'm coming back in with the victory. woo I'm going out with the victory, I'm coming back in with the victory. That means I'm going out saying, thank you, I got the victory. Now, it doesn't mean that everything is going to happen the way I want it to. But you know what? All things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. So I go to, my, I go to the job I work at, the supervisor acting funny, I still got the victory. Because I'm not saying what I want to say. That's the victory. Y'all missed it. Five of y'all got there. Amen. I, I got the victory because it would be a time you used to be, I'm, I'm going to tell this supervisor off. You would have lost your job you have been sitting at home talking about, they're going to treat me right. But now, this time, hey, I got the victory. He acting funny, she acting funny, but I got the victory. I got the victory in my family. I got the victory in school. I got the victory wherever I go because this is why I shout before I even leave the place. He says, notice this, make a joyful shout to the Lord all you, you lands. Lands means people. That means he wants the people to make a shout. Remember, uh, he wants the people to make a shout. They want the people in the land to make a joyful shout. In one sense, he wanted to cry to the Lord. One way of thinking about this, according to his definition, is to see our shout as a weapon against the enemy. Woo-hoo-wee. Boy, when you go out shouting before you leave, the enemy knows you're coming. He knows you're coming because you're believing God before you go out. And nothing like seeing, watch this, the benefit of getting the victory before you get the victory. And guess who can get the glory, God? That, we see the benefit before I get to school, I already got the victory. And my come back, I got the victory. And he's saying, shout about that because I'm giving you the benefit, but I'm getting the glory. Why? Right? The glory is you're, you're, ex- you're, you're exalting him. You're magnifying him. You're saying, God, you're great. Before I even go out the door, you're already giving me the victory before I go out the door. Woo-wee. Boy, that's a powerful God, ain't it? Because you don't know what you're going to deal with, but God does. So therefore, he says, you know what? You shout before you leave. You can have no problem shouting before you, when you come on. God, because why? Every day he load me with a benefit. Today he loaded me with a benefit of keeping my tongue. Woo. Some of y'all, it's five of y'all, it's only, I only heard about three or four people say amen. There should have been more people in this sanctuary that should have said amen for the victory over your tongue because you know your tongue. Okay, anyway, anyway, let us move on Dog. Verse two. Verse two, I'm sorry. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Serve the Lord or labor for the Lord with gladness. Be happy. Be joy. Make a decision. I'm going to be happy serving God. I'm going to be happy laboring for God. And I what the second part of that verse. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence. So it matters how I come in. Because he's telling me to come before his presence, before him with singing. And another word for a definition for singing is a shout for joy. They want the people to serve the Lord with an attitude of gladness. He wanted them to be glad for serving God. And we must make a decision to be happy about serving God. We must make a decision about being happy about giving to God, about witnessing to God, about Praising God, about even coming to church, you got to be happy about that. Look, I'm going to church. No, that ain't, go- listen, you're missing out on what God has for you with that negative attitude. God got so much for you, but He wants you to have, David gave us the remedy, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with singing. It's an opportunity to praise him. It's an opportunity for, to, opportunity for me to learn his word, to give to him. And it matters how I give to God. God wants me to give it in the right mindset. But I'm happy about giving. I'm happy about bringing God his tithes and his offerings. I'm happy, and I'm, I serve him with joy. I serve him with happiness. And if I'm not there yet, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. Because this is what you, you got to learn this. You got to learn how to be happy about witnessing. You got to learn how to be happy about serving God. And it don't come automatically. You got to learn this stuff. You got to learn this, what the word says about what I should be happy about. How I should come before his presence. I I should learn about this. In verse 3 he says this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. You got to know God. Know God. This is what David said. Learn about him. Learn about God. Become acquainted with God. Learn. Listen. Take the time to be instructed about God. To learn about him. Get to know him. Listen. Yeah, it's good to know us in the sanctuary but it's better to get to know Jesus because you get to know Jesus he will be with you 24 hours a day and 7 days a week he'll never leave you nor forsake you you get to know Jesus become acquainted with him but know this know he is God and know this also it is he who made us he prepared us he ordered us and not we ourselves we are his people I like this part here let me say this, say this to you. When I saw this latter part of this, it almost, whew, I got excited about this latter part. The latter part says this, we are his people. We as members. We as nation. And watch this, and the sheep of his pastor. Pastor is a place where we get our grazing in. This is what we learn in. But watch this, the more you eat from his pastor, the more you're going to know about God. hmm And we're going to know who you are by the more that you eat. (laughs) And the less that you eat of God, the less you're going to know about him. So the more I get in his pastor, the more I should look like him. (laughs) The more I graze from his pastor, notice this, his pastor, not my, not the world's pastor, but his pastor the more I'm going to start to shape my thinking, my talking, and my acting. I'm going to eat because why? I am what I eat. I know y'all hear that from the world, but they got it from right here. We are what we eat. So if you're eating unbelief, you're eating doubt, you're eating jealousy, you're eating anger, you're eating fear, that's what you're going to be. But if you're eating from his pastor, his pastor, oh, you can't help but believe, walking by faith and not by sight. Cause why? You're eating his word. Now, I wanted to uh, give you a uh, hallelujah. I'm gonna go a little bit over, a little. Over. I'm gonna say a little bit over. Go say that by faith and not by sight. <laughs> but I want to show you what it looks like when you start to eat from his pastor. I had to look for something in, in the scriptures to kind of show you that. So you'd say, well, Pastor Dow, show me that in scriptures that if I eat from his pastor, I start to look like him and think like him and talk like him. So the Lord reminded me, let, let, me, let me take you to a little journey. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 30. Genesis chapter 30. I'm going to read most of it. I won't discuss a lot of it, but I think you'll get the point what I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning. Genesis 30, 32 through 40. Genesis chapter chapter 30, 32 through 40. We're getting close to the end, y'all, so just hold on, hold on. Genesis 30, 32 through 40. I need to show you this. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these shall be my wages. I want you to notice that Jacob uh, was in a situation, but he said, listen, there's certain sheep, they look a certain way. I want them to be a part of my wages. I want to show you something what happened here. And so he goes on in verse 33. So my righteousness, will answer for me in time to come. When the subject of my wages come before you, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, oh, that it it were according to your word. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hands of his son. Verse 36, then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's fox. Verse 37, now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar, and of the almond and chestnut trees peeled white strips in them, and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he peeled, he set before the flocks in the gathers and in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so they should conceive when they came to drink. Now, watch watch verse, verse 39. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth stri- street, speckled, and spotted. Watch this. When they had their children, they produced what he put before them. He produced what he put before. He put all these different requirements before him because he didn't want laymen to say, hey, I stole your sheep. And so when he had them this time, they're going to look like this. And sure enough, that's what they look like. What am I saying? They're going to look like where they're grazing in. They're going to look like their environment. They're going to look like they've been. (laughs) Watch this. You're going to look like you're a child of God if you keep grazing from his pastor. You're going to start thinking, talking, and acting more like Jesus. You're going to be just like we talked about earlier. Be holy for I am holy. You're going to say, Lord, show me the way I should go. And when he shows you the way he should go, you're going to start doing that and you're going to start looking like your environment. You're going to start looking like the word of God that's coming forth in your life. So therefore, when you are a sheep of his pastor. You're grazing off of his grass. You're grazing off his substance. You're living off the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. Watch this. If you start to get the word, you should, you should start to look like that word. You should start to talk like that word. You may not come out starting like it, but you to hear some, our father which are in heaven. I, 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 should, I should be having a desire to give. I should be having a desire. Why? Because I'm in the right environment. I'm in the right environment. I'm, I'm taking the sheep and I'm eating, I'm eating off his pastor. I'm not going to the world's pastor. Yeah, I used to eat off the world's pastor. And I started looking like the world, talking like the world, t- acting like the world, thinking like the world. And so I want to make sure before I, I, excuse me, when I'm in as pastor, I need to feed off his word. Are y'all seeing that? Because I want you to understand how important it is that we're in the right environment. Because if we're in the right environment, if you do like he says here, say I'm going to the next verse in just a moment, therefore, you can enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Why? Because you've been feeding off the word. You've been feeding off the promises of God, with your yes and amen. You say, Lord, show me the way. And he, well, he didn't show you hey, eat right here. Eat right here. Eat right here. Eat about holiness right here. Eat about righteousness right here. Eat about the fruit of the Spirit right here. Eat about love right here. Eat about, Are y'all seeing that? Because why? You're eating where he tell, tells you to eat it. Now, you can eat somewhere else if you want to, but I, I like to follow the pathway of God. I want to eat what he wants me to eat, and though, therefore I start to get look like him. You start to see the... Okay, you start to, I'm starting to look like my daddy. Am I starting to look like what I'm eating from? <laughs> go, right. Oh, y'all, I'm getting excited, but uh, y'all see what I'm saying there? Let me read this last verse, verse 40. Verse 40. Then Jacob separated the lambs and those. He made a separation and made the, the, the flocks face toward the street and all the brown in the flock of laymen. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laman's flock. In other words, he separated what they ate. We got to be separate from the world, y'all. Separate from the world, y'all. And when we do that, go back to to Psalms 100 and verse 4. We can enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I've been eating off his, I've been eating this. I've been eating his word. I've been his pastor. I can come into his gates. But know something about gates. Gates are designed to keep some stuff out. A lot of people have gates to keep stuff out. Are y'all seeing that? But if the gate opens up to you, we got to come in the right way. Because it's, re- it's a reason there's a gate there, y'all. It's a reason there's a gate there. But he says, enter into his gates. So he must have allowed me the opportunity, since I followed his pattern, to come into the gate. I can't take this for granted, y'all. Because not everybody get a chance to get into the gate. Oh, yeah, I've been to somebody. I've been to, uh, you ever been to a house with a gate on? And you buzz that no man. I was at the wrong house. Oh, man, I was at the wrong house. Uh, We don't know who you are. (laughs) Wrong house. I'm at the wrong house. But when you've been eating off his pastor, when you've been eating his word, when you've been praying, when you've been talking to God, when you've been doing this, that, and the other, oh, the gate opens up to you. Y'all remember when Peter was in jail? Peter was in jail. I mean, he was in jail. I mean, real jail, y'all. Shackled and everything. But one day they were praying at this at the house. They were praying at one house in the house they were praying in. They prayed that Peter get free. And one day, all of a sudden, boy, the shackles fell off and the gates were open. He was in the will of God because he left where he was at. And he ended up going to the very place they were praying at. And they didn't even know who he was. They prayed for something. And when Peter knocked on the door, hey, it's Peter. They got Alice, her name Alice, got so excited. It's Peter at the door, y'all. Well, you ain't Peter though. the He in jail. Now, you don't know how your prayer is going to be answered. When you enter into his gates, when you enter, see, when them, them gates open, you don't know what financial prosperity get ready to happen for your life. You don't know when deliverance can get ready to take place in your life. You don't know when healings get ready to take place in your life. You don't know when peace that passes all understanding get ready to take place in your life because you just enter into his gates. And then when you get to the gates, you come to the courts. You come to the courts. You come to the courts. Oh, His courts. When I get to the courts, I need to be thankful. Oh, when I get, I need to be thankful. Before I be thankful, I need to give Him praise. Oh God, I, I just got through the gates. I'm into the courts. I, oh God, I, I mean, I, I I got through the gates, y'all. Woo! I got to the gates. So here I am, Lord. Thank you so much for allowing me to come into Your presence. Because in the Old Testament, not everybody could enter in into the presence of God. So if God lets you in, it's special. It's special. And we don't take that for granted. I've been eating his word. Now I can enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful to him and bless his name. I appreciate you, God. You know, before before I even start talking about Uh, asking for anything, I'm just thankful to be in his presence. I'm thankful to be here, God. I'm thankful to be here because you know what? There's a lot of other places I could be, but you let me in, God. And I'm in your presence. Listen, I know a lot of times when people get in this presence, they want to ask God for everything, and they want to say, God, bless me here, bless me there. Sometimes we get in this presence, you ought to say, thank you for letting me in, God. Thank you for letting me in. I know I haven't been the perfect child. I know I've been trying to do it, and I'm trying to get a pure heart, God. I know I've been trying to follow your way of living, so therefore I've been eating your word, God. I know all the promises of God in him, or yes and amen. Yes, I know, Lord, I don't want to forget none of your benefits. Yes, Lord, I know, and I want to do even better. But while I'm here, so many other places, doing so many other things. And let me say this to you before I go further. I can say this with confidence that not everybody gets through the gates. Not everybody gets through the gates. I'll give you one quick example. There was one man who walked with Jesus a number of years. Betrayed him. Betrayed him for silver he didn't make it in he didn't make it in so close to the gates but yet didn't make it in the bible says this all have sinned and come short of the glory of god if you can make it in be grateful doesn't matter how you enter in thank god for the blood of jesus Blood allows us entrance into the holies of holies. And if we can get that part, we can go on to Psalm 100 and verse 5. For the Lord is good. <laughs> Woo! The Lord is good. Mm, he is good. He's excellent. He's valuable. The Lord is beneficial to us. And you know what? Because I'm in his presence, his mercy. God, I'm here. In my mind, I don't even deserve to be here, God. But your mercy allows me to be here. Because there were some people in the Old Testament that went in to the presence of God. And they put a bell around them. And they would walk back and forth. And that, if they didn't hear that bell clinking, they would dead. And they drug him back out. They drug him back out. So if I can look at this and see I can get before God, and I, I'm in his presence, I'm living. See, we serve a holy God. It's the reason he wrote, he is holy. He said, be holy for I am holy. He's holy. He's holy. And we can get before a holy God and still live? You know who you were last week? You know who you were the day before? You know who you were a month ago? You know who you were years ago? You know who you were, and now you get to come before God. I thank you, God. I appreciate you, Jesus. I don't take this time for granted. I don't, God, because this is this is precious time. This is precious to me, God. So I I I've entered to his gates. For the Lord is good, his mercy, his faithfulness, his kindness is everlasting, it's indefinite, it's continuous, it exists forever, and his truth woo, endures to all generations. His steadiness, his firmness, his steadfastness, steadfastness endures to all generations, every age, every period, from David's day to today and beyond. It matters how I come before my God who is excellent, valuable, faithful, and beneficial. A God who is kind, who is steady, who is trustworthy. Therefore, I must maintain a thankful and grateful and humble heart before him because he he allows me. Watch this. Watch this. If he allows me to get a word like this, That means I've grazed before him. I know what I need to do next. God, let me in your presence. Let me in, God. And when I'm here, God, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful you saved me. I'm grateful you delivered me. I'm grateful... You brought me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Yeah, I was an alcoholic. Yeah, I was a drinker. Yeah, I was a whoremonger. But your blood has cleansed me. Your blood has purified me. Your blood. And now I can come before the holies of holies. I can come before his presence. I can come before Jesus. Not just anybody. I can come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords that TV and I can come before his presence. It
1: matters how you enter. Let's give our Jesus a hand of praise. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer request and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org we would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online, or you can utilize Text2Give. Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. 5. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.